Welcome to Winds of Change, a Reckless Abandon Ministries podcast. What you are about to listen to is something we believe has the power to spark change in your life. We pray that God not only blesses you through it, but that he reaches into your heart and stirs things up to bring about change in your life, change that glorifies him and builds his eternal kingdom. Well, welcome to the Reckless Abandon Ministries podcast. I'm here with, I believe I'm pronouncing it right, Jaquel Crow. You got it. Is that correct? And Jaquel, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So I am 19. I am a writer. I'm the editor-in-chief of therevolution.com, and I also write for a few other websites, Desiring God, The Gospel Coalition, and I'm from Eastern Canada. I live in Halifax, Nova Scotia. My dad's a pastor, and yeah. That's who I am. And you're on the podcast today because you've recently written a book. Would you be able to talk about that a little bit? Kind of give us a sense of what it's about? Of course. So my book is called This Changes Everything, How the Gospel Transforms the Teen Years. And this book is written for other teenagers, other young people on how the gospel influences and informs every single area of life. So I have eight chapters where I talk about eight aspects of a young person's life and how the gospel makes a radical difference in it. So everything from our identity to our community to our relationships to our disciplines and pretty much everything in between. That's awesome. And obviously a lot of your work um, as a writer and as a speaker is about the importance of the teen years. And how would you say we capitalize on that importance? Because obviously that's what, your, that's what your book is about. Right. Well, the teen years are a very unique time in life because there are a lot of advantages to these years. We have a lot more time. We have a lot of opportunities to do things. And we have a lot of strengths and passions. And these are also some of the most formative years of our lives where we're really setting ourselves up for the rest of our lives as adults. And so these are the years when we have the opportunity to either um, pursue things that are good, that are going to uh, set us up for a life of glorifying God, of uh, building his kingdom, or they're years that essentially we can waste. And a lot of people just assume that teens are going to waste their youth because these are the years that we're supposed to have fun and, and we're not supposed to really accomplish anything or or use our time to do big, serious things. Uh, but I strongly disagree with that, which is really what led to this book. I believe that young people are capable of so much more than what the world expects or assumes. Yeah. And obviously, we as a ministry would agree, would agree with that. That's kind of one of the driving forces behind our ministry. And I think a lot of teens, they hear this you know, they hear people saying now there's a lot more people speaking out for them. There's a lot more people saying, no, you can achieve things, you know, don't waste these years. But I think there's a lot of teens who don't necessarily know how to practically do that. What would you say? What would you say to them? Right. That is a toughie because sometimes the church even and culture at large, because they don't expect us to do those things, they don't necessarily equip us to do them. But I think it starts with with teens getting into God's word for themselves to see the expectations that God gives for every person who wants to follow him, whether they're young or old, and then starting the dialogue with their parents um, and with their church at large, getting into a church, getting involved in a church. And I would say 
fix your eyes on Jesus first and foremost, look in his word, learn from godly teachers and mentors, and get that input on what following Jesus looks like in your life, in your individual context. Yeah, and definitely getting plugged into a local church will help out with a lot of a lot of those things we we at Reckless Abandon think that's one of the one of the key things that's necessary in the walk of Christ, especially for a teen, to give them that kind of grounding, that spiritual grounding. Um, I've had a lot of people ask me recently, you know, because we talk a lot about finding a mentor, finding someone who you can look up to, and a lot of people just don't know how you go about that. Have, have you found anything that works in particular? I think it starts with relationships, so maybe knowing people before you would necessarily approach them as a mentor. For me, in my church, that has uh, entailed just cultivating relationships with other people who are older than me, being willing to maybe get out of my comfort zone to talk to them on a Sunday, uh, approach them so that we know each other first, and then being willing to take that step where you even ask them, hey, would you be willing to get together and read a book with me? Would you be willing to get together and go out for a meal with me so that we can talk about my spiritual life and, and just being intentional in that regard? Yeah. And I think that makes sense that, you know, you're not really going to find a mentor if you're not, you're not building those relationships and you're not showing yourself as one who's teachable, one who's ready to learn, which I definitely think is key. And I don't really know how to ask that. I don't know. I guess I have a lot of teens, you know, obviously asking me tons of different questions related to, okay, you know, I want to make a difference, but I feel like I'm stuck. I want to, you know, because you've, you've had, um, the opportunities then to write on Desiring God, Gospel Coalition, and you've really made a, a nice impact. Um, but there's a lot of teens who feel like maybe they, they want to make an impact, but either they're not talented enough or either they don't have the opportunities or, you know, or so on. What would you, what would you say to that? Well, I would say that we should be careful in talking about impact as something that has to be on a large Scale. So I have been very blessed in having some opportunities to write for some bigger websites, to reach more people, even through this book, and make an impact on, on a bit of a bigger scale. But every person impacts so many of the lives around them, whether they are writing for a big website or simply seeking to follow Christ as a young person right where they are. So I believe that, that every young person can pursue building God's kingdom, pursue righteousness, pursue holiness, and in doing that, make an impact on the lives of those around them. Your your legacy, I guess, doesn't have to be a big thing that reaches millions of people. It can be just as honoring to God to reach 10 people by persistent faithfulness, by consistently looking to Jesus and using your youth for his glory. I think the culture around us kind of you know, advances the idea that you need to be on a larger platform or you need to do all of these things to actually have an impact to actually reach people. And what we tend to forget is that, you know, no, by being intentional in the daily things that we do, by being intentional in loving our siblings, you know, we can really have such a great, um, such a great impact in the world. Um, there's a lot of also teens, and this is part of, part of why we started Reckless Abandon in a sense, but there's a lot of teens who they feel like, church kind of limits them like if they're not good with music or with kids like there's not much place for them 
to serve in the church and then they just kind of feel disconnected, especially as they move out of kind of out of high school and into college, there becomes less things for them in the church. Would you have any advice for them? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I totally hear you there because that is something that even in the church, they kind of have two jobs for teens, you know, working in the nursery or um, playing an instrument in the service. But I think there are a lot of other ways that teens can serve in their church if you get creative and if you are willing to talk to the leaders of your church. I know, uh, speaking from the position of a, a pastor's kid, if a young person came to their pastor and was like, hey, I want to serve this church in, in any way that I can. Look, I'm, I'm not gifted musically. I don't think that I'm gifted in serving with kids, but I want to serve. Help me do that. What can I do? Uh, I know that that pastor would be absolutely overjoyed and I'm sure that they would be willing to sit down with this young person and their parents and talk about, well, what what can they do? And then another thing just practically is being willing to just engage with the people of your church, being willing to fellowship with one another, being willing to engage in the teaching that you're hearing. Those are two things that are going to help you as you sort of make the transition into adulthood. And even if you're going to be going to a church that is separate from your family later on, you go to college, you're looking for your own church. Doing those two things will help you get plugged in to a church to help you uh, not just see it as a place that you go to get your needs met, but as a place where you can go to serve God together with your family and fellowship with your family and view the church as a body instead of just a building, but a place that you can go and organically invest in. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we, (laughs) we disconnect ourselves from the church and we don't really look at how we can get connected. And then we blame the church for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's a real danger, especially for, for teens and young adults. I'm um, throwing a, a fun question here. What is your favorite book that you've read and why? That is one of the hardest questions. Okay, top I three top three favorite books then. Also difficult. That's like choosing I've heard I heard somebody say once it's like choosing your favorite child or your yeah, top true. three favorite children. <laughs> um but I love Desiring God by John Piper. I love To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. And oh, the third book, maybe Holiness by J.C. Ryle, Chronicles of Narnia. I'm just going to start listing other books and not pay attention to your question at all. Uh, Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. Now I'll stop. So you like then reading more classics and like theology and Christian living books then? I do, but I also love children's literature, actually. Gary Schmidt is one of my favorite authors, The Wednesday Wars, uh, Lizzie Brighton, The Buckminster Boy, also really good books. I like to read lots of different books. Yeah, yeah. We all over here at Reckless Abandon love reading books as well, so I think books have a, a great power to influence the world, you know, no matter really what kind of book they are. And we've, we've talked a little bit about this in some other podcasts and some of our articles and stuff, but books really are a huge, huge gift, um, which leads me kind of to my next question. Why writing? You know, I mean, obviously you're a very, very gifted writer, but, you know, why, why did you choose writing? That's kind of your way to influence people. Yeah, well, this is going to sound super cliche, but I would probably say that writing more chose me than I chose writing, and that also sounded kind of dorky, but it is true 
because writing was always something that I loved to do. And it was just naturally a way that I processed what I was seeing in the world, what I was learning in God's word. It was something that I've done ever since I was a little kid, just because it sort of was that creative outlet for me, something I loved so much. And as a younger teen, that's when I started a blog and just started writing regularly and persistently and hardly anybody was reading my writing, but it was just something that I did to grow in my faith and my thinking skills and and just sort of things that I did to contribute to my spiritual growth and development as a person. And it's funny, I sort of had a dream of maybe one day writing a book when I'm old and smart and stuff, but the Lord sort of just provided more and more opportunities where it became clear that no, writing is something that you need to pursue now. You need to pursue on a wider scale. I am opening these doors for you. You're not opening them yourself, so you should really take them. And so naturally, I I did that, yeah. and I was very grateful for those opportunities, and I just followed them, and I'm continuing to follow writing and see where the Lord leads me through it. That's awesome. Yeah. So I've had a lot of people, both homeschooled, actually, and those who go to a public school or a private school or wherever else, and they're, you know, they love this idea of, um, of basically what your book is about, how the gospel can transform our lives, and they want to live it out, but they're finding no matter what, you know, whether they're homeschooled, whether they're public schooled, that it's hard, <laughs> that it's really, really, really difficult, especially in an increasingly anti-Christian culture. And so would you have any advice for that, any tips for that? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that they're finding it's difficult because it is really difficult. It is really hard. And that's something that I will be the first to affirm. As young people who are seeking to follow Jesus, we are different from the world. We are not going to love what culture wants us or expects us to love. And that's going to create a dissonance. It's going to create a difficulty in that. And so first of all, I would just say you're not alone. Uh, Every young person who is seeking to follow Jesus is going to experience that same difficulty. And, And second, I would just say embrace that difference, because that means that you are living for something bigger and better and more glorious than anything that the world has to offer. You are living for Jesus. So so look to him, look to his words, seek to find encouragement and joy and identity from him, not from the things that the world offers, and just continually seek to, to pursue that and uh, meet together and get to know other young people like you who are chasing those same things, cultivate friendships with other Jesus followers and, and continue pursuing those things in community. I think, yeah, I think that's really what we, we should all be pursuing, whether we're teens, whether we're young adults, whether we're old. Amen. I think that's, that's something that we should all be pursuing. And it's kind of a, a final kind of closing up question here. We've talked a little bit about being intentional um, and how that works in tandem with the gospel what are maybe three pieces of, or three uh, piece of advice tips that you would give for being intentional in everyday life, no matter what you do? Number one, seek to read God's word daily. Um, 
I find it very helpful to have a plan. I have a plan to read through the whole Bible in a year, and I find that that keeps me on track in a special way. Not everybody finds that. Uh, I'm not saying you have to do that, but do what you can to be getting in God's Word every day. Um, number two, be held accountable by someone. Your parents, ideally, if that is just not an option, then I would seek to find a mentor, as we talked about before, someone from your church that will love you enough to help protect you from the daily temptations and struggles of sin. Um, and number three, I would say, again, this is going to sound a little bit cliche, something you've heard a million times, but but to pray and to not just pray because you have to, but pray because you get to and pray because this is the God of the universe who cares about you and loves you and is so happy by your desire to seek to use your youth to honor him. So when you are anxious, when you get discouraged by the fact that it seems like no other young person is seeking to follow God, go to God in prayer um, look to him and uh, just, just pour out all of your struggles and fears and, and everything to him well, once again, and like to thank him for his work and continued Check grace in your life. 23rd, 2017. Well, there you have it, listeners. Next episode Three tips for being intentional in your life. And I want to thank you, Jaquel, for uh, being willing to come on the podcast today to the um, talk a little bit about your adults. book and about the teen years. Thank you. For sure. This was fun. D- definitely um, praying for your ministry as it continues. Thank you so much. Thank you.